Boy there, Bar Down Breakdown, episode 192, yeah, you're, that's totally wrong, but we'll go with <laughs> we're it, really, we're running with it, pull that number from, <laughs> I could have sworn we were like somewhere, because I kept it's thinking about think 182, and then what, what number are we now, like 196, I don't even know, this will be like 195-ish, incredible, uh, my name is Tom, I never kept uh, a spreadsheet of who was on what episode. So I'll forever <laughs> seem like an idiot, but um, we are unbelievably pumped to have uh, John from point North with us. Uh, he's the vocalist of the very excellent, very awesome point North who uh, if you haven't heard of him yet, I, I kind of don't believe you, um, yeah. but you know, that's uh we'll, we'll, we'll get into um, you know, their kind of meteoric rise and, and what's on the horizon. Uh, but, uh, you know, before we go anywhere, um, you know, we just are a couple of days removed um, from you guys releasing um, Safe and Sound, you know, one of the, you know, kind of one of the new tracks that you guys got going in the in the video for that. So right. just kind of like want to hear a little bit more about it and what went into that process and uh, how the concept came, because, I mean, it's a home run for us, you know. Yeah, for like, sure. Like you listened to an episode and you were like. Make a video for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> we do love our hockey music videos. Hell yeah! Well, I mean, I probably would had I met you guys before, but it, it was just uh, it was just cool to do what whatever we wanted for a music video this time. You talking about the video, right? Not just the song alone. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, of course, yeah. Cool, yeah, um, yeah. Like we've done so many music videos and so many performance shots, and have we've done our goofy ones and like like the nice now song you just played has like one of our favorite videos. Where we just like stop giving a fuck and am I okay to curse? Yeah, you're <laughs> good. of course, man. Green light. Uh, cool. Um, yeah. So we 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 wanted to just do a video that wasn't crazy serious and that was just fun to watch. We kind of felt like uh, general kind of performance videos are just kind of getting or a little boring. So we wanted to just kind of do something that's like I don't know. Yeah, just a fun watch and like is funny as shit. But the song is awesome and it's super heavy. Um, you know, obviously, we wanted to combine the worlds of like the Ghost Inside and Point North. Um, we've known them for a while, so it was cool to kind of bridge the gap there. And then, as soon as I knew Vigil was going to be on the song, I, I just immediately was like, "We're going to do a hockey, hockey music video for sure." Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I was very excited. None of my boys know how to skate. It was perfect. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> But Let's get yeah. stunt people in for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, like it it went from us it being us three and like one or two buddies, like including Vigil to come skate, and then it turned into like crap, we need more skaters. 
And then it literally turned into just this um, pickup hockey game. Like it was like nothing but like pickup hockey friends. <laughs> and it was the best. It was the best. So like we had some, we had one guy fill in for Sage and goal uh, once or twice. And then, you know, the, another guy is teaching Andy how to skate over there on that side of the rink. <laughs> and meanwhile, the director is trying to like walk on shoes on the ice and get shots and and players are pulling the guy on skates. It was just very like, <laughs> hectic for a music video, <laughs> but it was cool. I just, I, I told, I told, uh, I told the guys, I was like, I just got out there and skated pretty much right away and started shooting pucks around. Cause I haven't touched ice in probably 10 years. Mm. And, uh, it was like this moment where I was super nervous on if I couldn't skate anymore. Cause I just hadn't played, but I just, I played my whole childhood. Like, um, so I, I think I went to college and then started doing music full time and then just never had the time to get back into it. But I hit the ice and like riding a bike. So I was like, hell yeah. So it was me and Vigil Center Ice facing off. Love that. Uh, yeah. You, you actually kind of hit hit the, the prelude on the head to like one of the questions we always like to ask people just because we find through having all these conversations that a lot of people took your trajectory. They started young and you know like being in love with hockey and then music kind of pulled them away from it right yeah. so um was there like a point that you can remember distinctly like where it was between you know like your cd player or your hockey skates and you were like you know let's pop something in the cd player ah uh, no it was kind of like more of a fizzle as opposed to just like one big lump decision it was okay. like it was like moving so my fiance and i we live out in the valley but we moved from the south bay where i grew up so like mm -hmm. i'm from Segundo, same as vigil from ghost inside and sure. um that's where we kind of came from and uh that was like my last pieces of hockey before never playing for a long time was like mm -hmm. i would just go to the roller rink at like the rec park in el segundo and just kind of like shoot around on an empty net and just you know feel the wind in my hair and just like skate around but i couldn't i couldn't commit myself to a league my as like i'm a i'm a full-time like freelance producer like as on side of point north so i kind of have like a crazy has hectic like schedule not sure, of course not said, yeah not said <laughs> i could i couldn't for the life of me say oh yeah i'll be at practice two nights a week and then go yeah. have my game it just it just never made sense and then it's like hockey is one of those things where if you don't go play stick time like what are you gonna do like just like how are you going to, you know what I mean? It's like golfing. I can stand in my backyard and practice my golf swing. Yeah, exactly. I can't like go to the ice. I mean, but now yeah. I can. So that's, exactly. that's that was my new year's resolution was to do the video and, and start, start playing again. So awesome. There I am. Uh, I mean, and we're super stoked to hear that, you know, our, our old mantra is, you know, anything that, you know, anybody could do to shed more light on, you know, hockey as a sport and, you know, the NHL is a, you know, kind of a both domestic and global brand. Like we, totally. we love it because we, it just makes hockey better for us. So, totally. but uh, totally, you know, super pumped to hear that. And uh, you know, we're, we're really, really stoked on, on, you know, dropping of the video. We've you know really been hoping that you've gotten some, some sick responses to it. So let's kind of just wind yeah. the clock back, um, you know, a couple of years to, uh, you know, the full length that you guys did. Um, yeah. And I always like to talk to newer bands about, the strategy surrounding that because uh you know when when the three of us were were like you know in our formidable years it was always you know either a record or an ep it was like you know either you got five songs or 12 songs and like you know yeah. that's what you got 
Right. And now we've kind of entered the age where, you know, streaming platforms are really becoming, you the know, normal. the norm over right. physical media. So mm -hmm. now you see all these singles popping up and, you know, standalone singles and collaborations and all this kind of stuff just to kind of boost engagement. So right. um, what, you know, kind of made you guys break from the mold and decide like we wanted to present ourselves in a, you know, with a full length record, was it kind of just like, let's show you guys what we can do as a whole, or was there more of a concept that was surrounding it? You know, wh how could you, what could you say about that? So yeah, the, the brand new vision album came out 2020. It was like, yeah, almost three years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, it was just like, yeah, we had just signed to hopeless records and we, it was our first album with them. So it was kind of, it was just kind of one of those things like we have a three album deal or whatever. So we have to give them three albums. So we, sure. it, was, it just, it just came to be that time. And um, yeah, we've always been good at like uh, pumping out singles, like having the studio at the house um, really helped with us being able to do that. So it kind of like, it was hard to get a lot of time for like to do a whole album versus like, you know, we had like this weekend, let's get a song done or something. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it was just kind of like, yeah, the stars kind of aligned. And by that, I mean, the label is like, where the hell's the album? <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, you'd, you'd, you'd almost think that like labels like nowadays would, um, would kind of like change some of their contract verbiage up. Like instead of saying like, you owe us like three albums, because mm -hmm. like the reality is like with, you know, again, with streaming platforms and like with music, the way that it is, I mean, like a single could yeah. make or break you. And I mean, the biggest example of that, I don't know if any of you guys are, are listeners, but mm -hmm. you know, this, that band sleep token, I mean, you know, they like yeah. put out these, you know, cool couple of records and they were kind of, you know, like medley and orchestrally and electronic. And so they end up, you know, busting this single out that has this, like, it's like, crazy breakdown and then it goes into this like kind of sexy funky part at the end yeah. and like tiktok just like took off with it so yeah. much so that i think they surpassed metallica in like oh. given listeners in a month um oh, yeah. and it's like and it's like a big deal for metalheads out there because there's people online being like oh you know sleep tokens better than metallica and you know you guys only know Metallica because of Stranger Things and a bunch of like <laughs> metalheads from the 80s are like, fuck you, ride the lightning, I'll kill you. And it's just like, it's pretty insane. But like, I feel like a band like Sleep Token, like they had so much success with that single. Yeah. You know, it, it's almost like, you know, if the record doesn't do as well commercially, like what really failed here, you know? Yeah. Like, like what, I, what I mean to say? Yeah, for sure. I think that's why you find like more singles on full length albums. Why people will yeah. put out five or six and then drop an album with four more songs. And then that's mm -hmm. yeah. the, stream, the streams kind of carry over, you know. So like if you mm -hmm. put out a single, you can put out like multiple singles. I don't know if you guys ever seen on Spotify. There's like sometimes there will be a band that releases a single, but there's two songs underneath the single. Mm, it's like okay, multiple. yeah, like the waterfall. Exactly. So it's like you can just kind of accumulate streams and then by the time you release it you're already at x amount of streams and yeah then you do that with like five singles but yeah it's, it's definitely different i think mm -hmm. the the before so i'm 31 so i was around for like walkmans i remember like pre-streaming and stuff yep yeah and it was like the deal was they would have a single um on an album but you yeah. couldn't hear the singles so like they needed to sell you the whole album for you to get the single so everyone only cared about the singles 
Mm-hmm. That's like that was it's like funny how it's like shifted, but that was like the intention. Mm-hmm. Then. But now it's like well, we need the singles, yeah, um, before the album comes out to like rack up those preeminent streams or yeah. whatever. It, I could be totally bullshitting, but I'm, no, I'm, no, you're, what you're saying makes sense. It's yeah. like, it almost goes back to like the like early days of like you know like rock and roll and like early pop music in like the fifties and sixties where like like there weren't albums. You know, yeah. like it was just like an album was just that 45 that you got that had like the song that was on the radio plus right. like the B side, you know, and right. like then, you know, like you start, you know, with rock and roll with, you know, musicians coming out with these comprehensive, you know, works of art that are trying to make them more artistic and be presented in a certain way. But like the reality was like, that's the way people used to listen, like in the 50s yeah. and 60s when, you know, rock and roll was... um I mean, I shouldn't say like becoming popular, I guess, like kind of like us white people stole it, you know, and like did, you know, we whiteized it, I guess, which is like the reality of, of how a lot of music moved in America. But like that's when it started getting popular and people just listened to shit like obsessively. Like yeah. you would just wear a single out. Like if you, you know, got, a, you know, a Beatles single for, um, you know, help, you would just listen to help over and over again. Just like (laughs) pick up the needle, drop it, pick up the needle, drop it. And I feel like people are doing that now with singles again. Like, I feel like people are just like pressing play on Spotify and Apple music and they're just listening to them like in the background over and over again. Yeah. You know, just, just in like the kind of obsessive way that it used to be, which I think is kind of a cool thing to see it come full circle. It's like, it's like, it's like a stat. Like you want your song to perform well to get the good playlists. Yeah. As it climbs yeah. the algorithm and then it goes into people's like normal rotation. And then, yeah, when they are like cleaning the house or driving or whatever, that just kind of like comes on because like it's such a relevant whatever. It made it through the, yeah. the algorithm, chasms of the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. So it is uh, pretty cool too, like just to see like, you know, how, how someone's music can really be like influenced by this data too. So like, you know, for example, like I, I was never one to listen to playlists. Like I was the type of guy that, you know, I had an album. I, I listened to the whole album Sick, just because yeah. that's just it, how I grew up. I was like, even when we were illegally downloading mu- music, right. I don't know if yeah. I should say that, but you know, <laughs> you, what? I would, I would wait for the whole album to come out and I would Why go on LimeWire or Kazaa or whatever it was. And I would download one album, destroy my, my parents' computer. Yeah, <laughs> and I would have an album on my 32 gig iPod that had literally everything I listened to, and all all the names are different, like spelled a little yeah. different. Yeah, like no, I was so I was too OCD. I would go in there and I would actually like type them out and, and make sure they're all like changing the metadata. The V, would, the V1 like, download, and V2 tags. Download yeah. the album, the album cover on like Google Images. Oh, just look to make at sure you! I had the, uh, you, yeah, it was you, you and I were very similar people. You should have seen my Winamp back in the day. <laughs> Wow, it was Damn. it was a beautiful thing. I am the um, other side of the coin. Holy shit, it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now I, f- I find myself listening to my daily mix, like yeah. one through six, and one would be hardcore, three is going to be pop punk, and six is going to be you know my grunge era that I still listen to all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just cool to kind of like be like, all right, I got my own little mix, and like Spotify you know, is like 80% sure of the stuff that I listen to. Let me check this out. And honestly, like, that's how I, I found out about Point North. Oh, cool. Um, I think it was uh, it was Hammer. Like, you guys were on the, the Covered in Punk. 
that would yeah. go on. And then I was like, okay, this is cool. And then it was on my daily mix. And then it yeah. was on my daily drive. And then it kind of like, I was like, okay, cool. Now I'm getting into them. And even my coworker that I had no idea liked this music was like, hey, have you heard that band Point North? That's <laughs> insane, dude. It blows my mind. It's, that shit still blows my mind. And I think what you experienced, like the cover, like coming up, whatever, in your next yeah, like suggested play was literally it climbing the algorithm like in real time. That's like what it felt like because we saw the same thing. It was just like mm -hmm. from our perspective, we just saw like the graphs like it would like do release radar one day or like hit this playlist and it was like in like <laughs> influx. Um, but yeah, it's crazy how that works. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, again, it's just, just like a sort of a, like a cosmic shift in the, in the music industry in general. Uh, yeah. But speaking of, of cosmic shifts, I mean, I, I'm just to talk about it, you know, you guys did um, a light in a dark place with, we are triumphant. And then, you know, yeah. the next record was on, you know, Hopeless. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, growing up when I grew up, you know, like Hopeless was one of like the big four or five, you know, like that, that's like yeah. kind of feel like it's it's a it's a badge of honor. It's a big deal. And, you know, I, I know you guys worked hard to get it. So um, I guess if you could just share maybe some of the experience um, of like when you got the call from Hopeless that like they wanted to bring you on and what that kind of felt like and what your relationship's been like them since yeah it's been awesome yeah no we love it um eric tobin is like one of the best dudes that we know he's our a and r um over there and it's just like it's great we're all working like super hard to get this like release plan like going and they're always like there for us through all the processes and stuff so um but yeah when we got how were we we were like we were on tour with stan atlantic um like forever ago <laughs> when we signed so i remember there's a video of us somewhere and we're like popping a bottle of champagne like outside the <laughs> venue and i think we were like all in like i think they were like in they were in ba uh not bandwagons they were in campers like winnebago's oh, wow. and we were in the van mm -hmm. um and yeah it was cool like we i had done some work for hopeless like on the producer side of things yeah um, and so i did uh, a band that was on hopeless and then it was kind of one of those things where I was like doing Point North stuff and um, nothing ever really like happened. It was like there was a lot going on. Right. So I was like working for like another producer at the time and like I didn't have time to be in the band. So the band kind of took this like long hiatus. We were out. We all just kind of like we're figuring our lives out and stuff mm -hmm. as it goes. Um, and so, yeah, I stopped working for this other producer and then I started my own company and then I kind of like we yeah, i was writing music and it, i had never really had like these crazy intentions of like taking over the world or like being like freaking metallica but um we like put out the cover of hammer by nothing nowhere and like and we were with greg and um i i covered it one night just to do it because i was a fan and then greg was like you were putting this out and it wasn't really even like a point north thing and just like i so happened to have done it yeah. and uh, i'm glad i did because fuck um <laughs> right, yeah yeah and uh yeah we it, it kind of caught buzz from there and then we started getting like whatever management meetings and label meetings and this is before right this is before we had our management now and our label now but everyone's super tight in the same kind of circle and it's a very tight family so awesome. um but yeah we started we started to take some meetings and then we met 
um, we got like a booking agent, like right around the same time. It was crazy. It was like that came out. We put out this e. We were on tour. We put out this EP, Retrograde, um, and then after that, it was like dominoes just kind of fell. It was like, it was like we had a meeting, and we were signed to an agency, which we're still on UTA with uh, our boy Daniel mm-hmm. McCartney as our booking yeah. agent. And it was like then we met Kaminsky, and he was like, "Peter would be great for this." And then Peter Hill is now our day-to-day manager; has been for like a number of years. And then Eric Tobin was like, "Why don't you tell me you're in a band? This is awesome!" And then we signed to, to-, to Hopeless, and then uh, yeah, I mean, after making a couple more songs, like and doing some tours, it's kind of just been that's the rest is kind of history, you know. But it yeah. was cool; kind of all happened pretty quick. Yeah. Nice. But- yeah, I definitely think that hammer is like that thing that's like that's that's like the badge I'll be wearing forever. It's like it's <laughs> cool. Like and it's to, it's like it's awesome. Like I'm just such a big fan of Nothing Nowhere. And uh I'm glad and it's fun it's super fun to play live. Um we've been trying to like go a little he- It's funny cuz if you go down like our our songs like they're pretty like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think it's like something that we kind of do um on purpose we kind of just like don't want to be this band that sounds like one song or sounds like one style and there is no rhyme or reason to it some days Mm -hmm. we just do pop punk songs with 808s and some days we do heavy metal riffs and some days we write like beautiful like pop songs (laughs) like that's kind of it's just at the end of the day and it's i don't think it's so much an identity crisis as it is like or just to just get bored. Just keeping it fun and unique too, because it's always fun just to kind of like change things up a little bit and just like you know, totally. let's throw a breakdown into this or let's do this for sure. And, and it just kind of like it, it it makes things like that much cooler. Like um, there's there's a band that that I listened to that um was also on you know We Are Triumphant for a few years, nice. but uh um Thief Club and with Nick Thompson and he's in hit the lights but i remember he uh he put out like these two songs that were drastically different from all the other thief club songs and like i i, I messaged him and i said you know honestly like these two songs are 100% my favorite songs one because they were like 5 minutes long but he was just it, nice. it was just a different vibe to those songs that were completely different from everything else that i was listening to yeah. And I'm like, I love these. So it's it's cool that you guys do that because it gives you a different perspective. And it kind of like opens the doors up to like other people kind of like being introduced to Point North. Totally. We have like fans from pretty much every walk of music, which is crazy. Um, and it's like super cool. I mean, like, I guess that's just kind of like a plus that happens with us doing that. But I mean, we there's songs that are poppy. And so we've done like a few like EDM features you know um like we have a song with two friends who are playing coachella this year and we have a song with keizo who is like one of the biggest like rock edm producers ever (laughs) massive shout out keizo but like their whole fan base like you know what i mean that's just playing that like collab game because it really does it really doesn't end anywhere like we could drop an acoustic folk song tomorrow what's cool is that it's just really like a matter of like what do we feel like that day um and then everything else like we have to just do with 100 percent intention like the new album like we're intentionally writing a heavy album you know like we're not because we because we want to not so much like so there's going to be some singles on it that are already out but like there's a lot of new songs so i I guess that really brings up what i wanted to ask because as i was listening to brand new vision like it it kind of just sounded like a, a very like 
pop heavy like nighttime record yeah and for sure i was just wondering like why did you guys decide to go the alternative route and silent hopeless and not like put that out on like maybe a you know a top 40 label like do you uh, have those connections to the alternative world where you wanted to stay in this world i don't know there's like i no i think like doing stuff in top 40 and pop and all that kind of stuff is first of all like just like so hard to do and it's so expensive and like it's like yeah we could go try to be some yeah pop stars or whatever and like you play like we I mean, be go be the 1975 but and we could i mean like we could we could write songs like that is what i mean we couldn't mm -hmm. i don't know but like there's something about like being this band and like coming from this scene that um it just feels a little more genuine and it's just kind of like where yeah, we grew up listening to Hopeless Bands too. And it's like a cool path and everything is kind of a stepping stone. And if something like that happens one day, then awesome. But like for now, we're just having a good time, like making songs and not worrying about not getting on New Music Friday or not worrying about like, oh, is it, it I'm competing with whatever top five or 10 artists. It's just yeah. kind of like, this song is sick and I like listening to it. And that's just like the last thing I want is for like the fun to be taken out of this, <laughs> you know, and like touring is super hard and like that can be like not fun sometimes hundred percent. So it's like the music is like the part that like we got into this for and, and just being rats in the studio and just writing, writing and being creative and you know, using our imagination. It's like, that's the magic. I feel like the second someone kicks in the door and says, we're going to write a hit today. It's the worst session ever. Every time. <laughs> Now, did you guys go in like with the idea of writing like nighttime music? Because that's that's the only way I could describe it. Like I, get, I, what, I get what to... you mean. I get what you mean, and that has part of the part of it's partly why the new album is like heavy because it's like it'll be daytime for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. like no, but so daytime yeah, music. No, but yeah, basically, am I the only one that thinks like that? Like I, get what you I mean. would never listen to Out of Time at like late night. Like out of times a daytime band. It's like a vibe. It's it's like a, a kind of like you know this is this is what I want to listen to and I'm yeah, like yeah like with I'm the windows at down night. at night and yeah. like, that's exactly. But you gotta how also remember it. though, like sometimes like you you know you you just you get something in your head during the nighttime and even if they're not a nighttime band, sometimes you gotta listen to a band that's not a nighttime band. <laughs> Dang, you know, not, not me, man. <laughs> I experienced it last night where I was listening to. For some reason, I don't know why I was listening to like Converge at like nice. 30 at night. And I was Man. just like, I was like, yeah. I mean, great. I didn't go to bed for a long you're time. You're just sitting in the dark in the corner of your living room. It's <laughs> like, why is this happening to me? Please give me some dashboard. Yeah. <laughs> I need dashboard. I need, I need a palate cleanse from the, yeah, right? the metal. Uh, but um, so, you know, I, I guess, you know, in terms of, what's on the horizon you know I, I i'm sure we can't um you know discuss too too much you know obviously we've got a lot to you know kind of touch upon with the new single you guys are putting out but what are we looking at uh you know in terms of this record you know being presented as like a full entity is it uh planning on coming out this year are we looking at next year like is there any no, idea of what that's going to be yeah it's it's this year that's like what we've spent the last god six to eight months like working on so basically we started working with my my buddy kyle who's an awesome producer his name is kyle black and um uh we've been we're going hard basically because it's our sophomore album we all know 
how important sophomore albums are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like everyone's favorite album from every band is always our sophomore record. Sometimes I feel like it's the majority. We just means a lot to us. Um, so um, we're taking it super seriously and we're spending a ton of time on it and we're pissing a lot of people off by taking so long, but <laughs> this is what it is. And it's coming out like incredible. Came out incredible, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be this year. We have like some festivals and some shows uh, booked and um, some talks about some tours. So um, they should be, it should be pretty busy. Like that's why we're kind of like, we've been posting a lot of the, lead up content up until now so awesome. is this your first time going into the studio with kyle black or have you worked with them previously in point north um it's funny he came so i've known kyle for like a very long time like mm-hmm. before i ever started my company or worked for anyone like i interned for kyle in like 2016 and 2015 or something like a long time ago uh, and so we were like that's when i met him and then i kind of like did my own thing and started producing full time and and he came to a buddy of mine's studio that I was working at when Point North kind of first started uh we had that EP a light in the dark place and it's like super pop punk um but he came and like sat with me like through a song or two and kind of just like gave his two cents and that was kind of it but it was always like he was a producer I like really looked up to still do and um he he was buddies he was like best friends with the guy that like owned the studio i was working at so i was like oh it'd be sick to get kyle to come in and like check these out and then you know fast forward a number of years like we've had a lot of time to grow and like figure out what the hell it is because i've sent him so many demos that were just like awful, <laughs> like so bad like it just trying to figure out like what we are and i think we still kind of are but um we locked into something super special nice um and I can, I think I can like finally say for the first time in the history of the band that I can like hear a song and I can, I know it's might be already a thing, but for me at least like, okay, I know that that's what Point North sounds like. Yeah. Like after like spending so much time here and like dissecting the parts and understanding like just a a lot more has been like uncovered, I guess, throughout this process, which is nice because usually it was just me. And you know the boys would track some stuff, and then I would just produce it all and do everything, and then send it out for mix or whatever um, at my place. So it's nice to have like a separate pair of ears from someone so dope. So, and I'll throw a caveat out there too, just for our listeners: if you if you don't know what we're talking about, if you don't know who Kyle Black is, he's probably produced some of your favorite albums yeah. over the last like 10, 15 years. Um, so if if you have a favorite pop punk or even hardcore record, because he's done some of the the comeback kid stuff. Mm-hmm. uh look up who's produced it uh it's more than likely kyle black <laughs> yeah yeah he's it's awesome so it's like he's so good with sonics and and just um capturing special moments and everything just sounds like so good and pristine and the parts are so developed and so thought through and we're yeah we're just not taking any shortcuts nice and it's taking longer but i just think that's what happens like if you want to spend you want something to be good you spend the time on it it's not like you know it's one thing to lag but it's another thing that just like to hone rush your, yeah honing on your craft for months dude doesn't matter like what's like what really is an extra couple weeks in the scheme of things like oh this deadline was like a week ago i was like okay but this song's gonna be out for eternity so yeah. like could, could you give me a week to i don't know yeah perfect we're, we're really 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 like i'm i'm a creative we're all creatives we're all very like protective of our of what represents us creatively 
So like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of like heads in the room. The bar is high. <laughs> cool. So before we, uh, before we let you slide into some uh, hockey talk and, and uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, a little bit more about the video and uh, you know, some of your old playing days, but um, yeah. so I, I thought I, I thought I came up with this cool concept on our last episode. And as I was like eloquating it, like the, my two other co-hosts were like, this is already a thing. Yeah. Uh, so, but see, in my mind, essentially what I'm going to do is I'm just going to like pick a song off a of brand new vision and I'm going to ask you about it. And I'm just going to have you kind of break it down for me. Like, you know, cool. what riffs started it, what prevailing thought started, how did you tweak it? That kind of stuff. Apparently it's called song imploder or song explosion. Oh yeah, song exploder. I, I yeah, that's what it's called. So don't tell them that I'm doing this, uh, or tell them. I mean, I'll find. <laughs> I'll, I'll find tell them, dude. Hockey's but uh, but let's 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 dive into into the dark. Uh, you know, cool. obviously that's, that's got a, got a, <laughs> it's got a killer. My own album. It's got a killer feature on it, of course, and stuff. But just yeah, you know, kind of walk me through the concept. You know, how how did it? Where where did it start? I guess first of all. Yeah, it started at my house. Um, okay was before my studio got built and I was like just in the bedroom. I was a bedroom producer like forever until like two years ago. Um, mm -hmm. But anyways, so Andy came over, I'm a guitar player, and we were just writing ideas, writing ideas. And it's one of those things where you write so many ideas, you kind of like the creativity really comes from how are we going to start this idea as opposed to like, mm -hmm. what's this idea supposed to be mm -hmm. when you do it so many times? So. Yeah. It was just like, okay, let's just let's just randomly dive in and commit to some tempos. And then just like I want you to just freestyle a riff and then like we'll close it and then we'll do a new tempo and then we'll do a riff there. And so I think we did like three of those. And then mm -hmm. one of them was the intro riff to Into the Dark. So it literally came off the top of Andy's head. I think That's it was awesome. like a 190 or something tempo. Mm -hmm. And so he just played the da 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 da. And literally he was like, cool. And I think he lived a, a he lived pretty far away. Not that far away, probably like I live in the valley. He lives he lived in the South Bay. So it was like a forty minutes or forty five minute drive. So he had to yeah, yeah. skip on traffic. So he like bailed and then yeah, I literally just built the entire song like out oh, wow. of that intro riff. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And then um it was cool. Like I, I wrote the vocals. I always kinda just like to disappear and just kinda like go into my studio or room and just kinda write vocals. I'm like super self conscious about it because I say really stupid shit and sound really <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> so I kinda just like to go in my cave. Um and uh and yeah, I mean that's pretty much how it went down and then we got Kellen on it, which was cool. Yes. So um, you know, to to that end, what um you know, as far as conceptualizing the you know, the lyrics and stuff, uh, mm -hmm. you know with this song in particular, but I guess it, as a whole, like do you usually go in um, like to try to write around the vibe of music or do you have stuff written that you can part and parcel to like vibe it into music? You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. So yeah. So I think right off the bat, like there's never a, a right or wrong way to do anything when it comes right. to like, being creative and stuff. I've tried, sure. I've tried every single method with, with every single intention and I can honestly say that like it could be, go either way. Some days you just like feel this riff and feel a mood and then you like write lyrics that kind of match that mood or you have this lyric and then you write like a guitar part that kind of like complements the melody or the lyric or it sounds like that. There's a word for that. I can't remember what it is, but it's when like the melody and the lyric kind of like sound the same. 
like you're beautiful and James Blunt is kind of like a good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, but I I totally get what you're what you're saying there. Um, I I anyway, onomatopoeia. Totally right. It's like an onomatopoeia. <laughs> it's but, yeah. it's, I asked yesterday and someone said that I was like no because that's like a chew or like yeah. a, like a bodily. Sound. Well, I'm a fifth grade teacher, so that's where my brain is. Tom's the one that went to music school. Why didn't you know that shit, Tom? I mean, I I could have said something nerdy and then been wrong. So I know yeah. it's, it's some weird word that I've never heard before. I, I forget what, I, what what it was, but um no. But for End of the Dark, the instrumental was done first, and then it was awesome. kind of like it was kind of like yeah, I put on the headphones and I blast it, and I just like sing gibberish. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, it's just it really just kind of was about the da 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 da, and I kind of just like wanted to do that weird a melodic da da thing. And I remember thinking, like, I did it, like, out of nowhere. And I was like, well, I've never really heard anything like that. That's kind of cool. It's not this, like, crazy, like, legato melody. It's, yeah. it's like uh, this weird, I don't know what it is. Um, it worked, though. And, um, yeah, kind of just, like, wrote the lyrics to that. I remember, I think I had this lake uh, down the street from my house in the valley. And it's, like, a very, like, whatever. But it's nice. Like, you, like there's, like, people that go out on paddle boats and stuff and, um but i always used to like why well, I, I don't live near it anymore but i used to walk around it and write lyrics so i actually wrote heartbeat over there at that lake and then i wrote into the dark over there at that lake and um a few more but i, I think i wrote the lyrics for into the dark like at the lake just strolling just like airpods in or whatever and just kind of like filling in the blanks i think lakes statistically give you a 75 percent chance to be sadder if you're near them like totally. just like just in the world. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, what did I tell you, man? We're, t- we're two for two so far. So we've done this twice. And both times that we've done it, the guest that we've been talking to has made like funny musician noises, like with their mouths, mm-hmm. like to like explain riffs and stuff. And I'm like, guys, this is just going to keep happening. And I'm going to have an offshoot <laughs> podcast where I just talk to someone in like music noise the whole time. Be like, sure. Yeah. So like track three, when you're like, man, and they're going to be like, Oh, the man-na-na-na-na. and then like <laughs> and then <laughs> most human beings are like, great. I'm listening to gibberish, but like actual musicians are going to be like, Oh fuck. Man-na-na. You know, that's, yeah. that's the <laughs> that makes sense. I, I totally get it. <laughs> see, yeah. see, he gets it. He, he knew Mike yeah, is the only one sitting up there. He's like, what the what is the matter? Yeah, I'm not listening to that podcast. But thank you so much for the insight on that, man. It's always, uh, you know, cool to hear a little bit directly from the artist about, you know, how something is conceptualized and and, and has worked out. So um, yeah. I love doing that. I'm, I think I'm going to do that every single episode from now on, whether you guys like it or not. I love. I just that did stuff. it. I just did it last episode without asking anybody, and yeah. like it was almost like they looked at each other from our screen as if to be like. The fuck is he doing now? It's very Brady Bunch. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it was like. But uh, but no, I think I think we're gonna keep doing it because I like that. I think you and, should, uh, man. Because look, at the end of the day, like we slave over those songs, so it's of like, of course, yeah, you absolutely do. Well, about him for a hot second, you know, right? Yeah. Love it. So, now, yeah, now what would you have done if Kellen couldn't do the feature? Did you have someone else in mind that you were thinking about, like, oh, maybe we'll get them to do the feature? Or was it always calendar bust? I think it was calendar bust. I, well, because it was kind of like we needed a feature and the stars kind of aligned then too because I had just... Uh, the way I met the Sleeping Guys was I worked on their last album. Um, uh, this one with like medicine on it. Um, yeah, whatever. Their, their last album I ended up yeah. doing a lot with and um, that's how I met them. 
and he was and so we stayed cool i sent him point north demos and stuff that he liked and that's why he took us on that first like when sirens tour in 2019 um and then um yeah he was like in town the day that whatever i was about to send the song off or whatever or something and we were looking for the feature and i texted him and he was down i sent him the song he said this is great let's do it and so he literally flew into la because he was doing emo night stopped by my house <laughs> did his part i just tracked it did it all at my place in the bedroom was back in the bedroom and yeah he like went to emo night that flew home and i was like wow that kind of worked out <laughs> <laughs> like that so, kind of worked out a little bit better so i kind of um i kind of want to know i guess for our, our listeners who have who don't know much about this um but are always excited for features um when you have someone in mind for a feature like typically do you like do you pick where they're featured or if it's like someone who's like really been around for a long time and you have like some reverence for you're like hey i've got this song like i'd love you on it where do you see yourself on it like how does that how does that work i like to have the whole vision like i like to be like you should be i like when artists do more than just like the second verse yeah. or something, okay. you know, um, yeah. not so much like, you know what I mean? I like when they like interact with like the singer of the band and there's like a cool chemistry that happens. Like, I think like me and Kellen got that, like, because we just have these like such different voices and like we had that big vamp moment and before the last chorus into the dark, that's like killer to do live it's so much fun like when we especially we tour together twice now and we would like get to sing it together on stage it's like, yeah. so fucking cool um it. yeah i have like a picture of it framed in my hallway at my studio it's like seriously a top top moment for sure um but uh but yeah i'm trying to think of like what else um it kind of just it kind of just got done super fast though yeah awesome yeah now i I'm just put you guys on the spot uh-oh. What what are some of your favorite features? Because I have one that's just ridiculous. Like it, like from on it, our one of our songs or someone. No, else? no, just like just any general. other general like song that has a feature that's like one of your favorites. Oh, I don't know. That's a loaded question. I, <laughs> I feel like that could be like any genre. I have to like sit here and pinwheel for ten minutes. Should um, I give you? Should I give you? I can give you mine because yeah, it's really it's, like. If you take mine, we'd be so pissed. Oh, you know I'm not gonna take yours. Is it because... the same as like a collab? I mean, like I feel like there's so, like different worlds have different things. So for me, and again, this is like you know me talking about how much I love like older music from the 2000s. But I think one of my favorite all-time collaborations is uh, Aaron Weiss from Me Without You singing uh, on Memphis Will Be Laid to Waste by Norman Jean. I think that's Damn. iconic for me personally Damn. and i could i can say exactly what he says like in my sleep while i'm drowning um but you know it's just like it's one of the first ones that i remember being like super excited for and being like oh my god like these are two of my favorite hardcore bands and they're working together and all that's so fucking cool <laughs> um so that that's mine um i definitely love to 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 hear uh hear yours john and, and justin so i'll let mikey do his well i'm gonna cheat like i always do and it's just it, the entire album Razia Shadow. Oh, I forgive Durden. Yeah, I that forgive is. Durden. It is literally is a, a whole, whole album of features. A whole album of features. Nice. nice. It's kind of yeah. like a, that Say Anything record that had like the million features on it, but like <laughs> didn't really have like a purpose. It was just like, I Here's want all my friends singing. I want my friends to sing all my songs. Brad. 
So I will uh I'll throw I'll throw two out. I'll throw one that has the name of the person and I'll throw another one that doesn't have any names, but you can hear it on the feature. Um so for me, the one that has the name on the feature is gonna be uh off of Transit's Listen and Forgive, All Your Heart with Patrick Stump. Oh yeah. Um, just because one. we hadn't heard Patrick Stump in so many years because they were on that indefinite hiatus when Listen and Forgive had come out. And it was just like, oh, my God, they got Patrick Stump on here. Like, last time I saw him, he was doing wow. YouTube coverage of Grammy songs. And then <laughs> um, the other one for me uh, is uh, All My Friends Were in Bar Bands by The Wonder Years, where they had literally everybody that they ever toured with singing yeah. All My Friends Were in Bar Bands. Um, yeah, that's a cool I thought one. that was really cool. Fireworks, a loss for word, man, man overboard. Over yeah, that's a that's a cool that's a cool that's a super cool thing. And I'll throw what a catch, Donnie by Fall Out Boy in there because it's the same vein. Oh yeah, that's the best. <laughs> I can't. I really still can't believe that like he got Elvis Costello to sing on that. Like, oh that yeah, uh, he got like, they got Elton John on one album. Blows my mind. Like, can you imagine? Like, I can't imagine like stupid Pete Wentz like just spinning around in circles like actually like going up to elton john's people and being like hey like elton will you sing on a record and he'll be like <laughs> okay it's like what yeah. the fuck are we doing uh, it, it's not it's not elton it's sir elton oh sir yeah. elton yeah sir elton. apparently all you all you all you need in life to be called lord is to just own some land yeah, and this place in scotland sells like kilometers of land that you could buy Specifically, yeah. so you could be called a lord. I just want to not all lords. <laughs> yeah, I, no gods, no masters. Anyways, <laughs> um, Mikey, you've got like an ad that you got to read, right? I do. So, I do. Oh, God, let's do it. So four <laughs> NFL teams, two conference championships. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got a surprise for you. Oh, you're gonna play guitar? All right, now go. All right. Nice. <laughs> I gotta do this and only a few now. more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot in an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. New customers can get bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. We can't do, we, yeah, we can't do the guitar. <laughs> you just like, because I can't even see the screen when I'm reading that. And then you're just busting out notes like that and on a guitar i haven't tuned in like six months yeah not a, not a good idea <laughs> tremendous you that kind of stuff said like at 400 times speed so it was weird to hear that all slowed down <laughs> yeah right you're like i love it going back to mikey's question about uh about oh who was your backup to the to the the feature Next time anybody asks you that, just throw out like a random name. Like, like, oh yeah, we wanted to get Ray Liotta if we could have get uh, yeah. Melanie Quinn. <laughs> yeah, we wanted Freddie Mercury. We couldn't get him. Though. Yeah, <laughs> we couldn't get him. <laughs> that would be sick. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there was there was really no backup. It was. I, I think it was just one of those things where it's like I think I had a verse written, 
and then I just like, oh, he's here, so I'll just like mute it. So I think it was just gonna be no feature at all. So do artists ever ask? Um, I'm just kind of curious about talking a little bit more about like just the the nature of how features work. So do artists um, like will they sometimes ask another artist to actually like write content in a song and sing it? sometimes it okay. depends on who whoever does it like sometimes the parts written it's like yo could you just cut this or sometimes because because like that's something i think about too is like they're when you ask for features it's like people are like pretty busy and like to and doesn't i know it doesn't sound like much but to set aside a day to like think about nothing else and write this part mm-hmm. like, is like it's a it's a i mean i give it to people that like are super down to do the features and, and, and put the creative effort into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but sometimes it's like, I'll, I'll feel like it's too much to ask. Like, you know, so I think like, you know, you don't have to think about it. If this represents you in the way you want, like mm-hmm. your art. Um, but not for the, for this, this last single with vigil, like, yeah, I just let him do his thing. And then we kind of put our heads together on like the details, but it was awesome. Yeah. I'd some, um... That's just something I'm I'm so curious about because, uh, you know, at, at the same time, if you're having someone do, a, you know, a feature on your record, you, you also want it, you know, musically represented in the way that you want. And I guess if you like, I mean, you could you could tell me this, you know, if you've written an entire song that you've sung in your own head a hundred times and demoed in your own head, yeah. you know, and demoed a hundred times and stuff and like, you know what it sounds like in your sleep. And then, you know, you send it off to someone to do a feature on it and they take like a verse and they completely change it up. Now, some sometimes that's a great thing, but I mean, have you ever yeah. kind of had that experience where it's like, okay, well, this isn't really what I expected. So like, now what do I do? No, I don't think so. I think if someone gave me a feature back and the verse, the verse like production was all different, I'd be like impressed. <laughs> I'd be like... <laughs> Oh, cool! Like you had a vision for your part, like hell yeah, let's let's rock with it. If it's like, yeah, usually if it's like, oh, there's like two words, you know, it's like, do you think maybe we could write a couple, a little bit more or something like that? Okay. It's, it's, it's it's not it's never like, no, nah, it's never like this like night and day difference of this is not the song I wrote because yeah. at the end of the day, like I think features is cool and all the and all the all the benefits you get from getting features is awesome but i think at the end of the day just collaborating with people and like another set of like style or artists is like just gonna make things cooler so i like that part i so i think that's why i say if someone gives me something and there's like changes made or a different kind of vision like i get stoked because i think that's kind of rare it's more rare to find people that like care so much about the artistic creative side of things to kind of like care enough to do more work I think that's cool. So, you know, I just have to say this real quick because it like it evokes this thought in me, but like I've always had this um this kind of interesting thought uh where if you let's say had um you know something, you know, that kind of needed like everybody's help to happen in like the music community or something like that and you wanted to get a lot of eyes around something, I just kind of love the idea of like picking a versatile artist and like have them go into a studio with like 10 other musicians, like in that genre that are well-known mm. and like essentially see, say like, okay, well, whatever music comes out of this, you know, will sell back to anybody that provides a $20 donation to 
this cause or this thread or something like that. That's and cool. like, I just feel like it would be such a wild thing to like, you know, see, you know, just because we mentioned them before, you know, dashboard confessional, right? Like see yeah. someone like Chris Caraba, like end up putting music out. That's been influenced by, you know, the singer of turnstile and the singer of the early November and the singer of this band and the guitar player from this band. And like, what a unique experience that would be. And I think that kind of comes back to the idea that having collaborative input on things, you know, is so important because it could, it can make your music so much better, but not only that, it can like, you know, connect to people in different ways, you know, because totally. it, because expression is so such an intrinsic thing, but you know, if you have another, you know, person who's a vocalist that can be like, Hey, you know, like this is something I've always done. And you could be like, shit, I never thought to do that. And yeah. now you're expanded. So I think that's like an awesome, an awesome thing. I think it yeah. needs to happen more in, in alternative music. Yeah. The day you stop being a student is the day you stop. I, I think like, yeah, I think every person has something to learn from somebody else. That's why I love that yeah and doing my job it's like everyone else like i it i'm just a collection of everyone else's uh taste and and preference and now i'm just like this amalgamation of uh, you know everyone i've ever worked with which is why i love it so much it's just like because now it's just like more tools in the toolbox it's more colors in the crayon box you know mm -hmm. so john i, I do want to just shift this to a little hockey talk before we let you go was there and I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm a big like history guy and I love to hear why people like fall in love with hockey. So can you remember back to your childhood, like what made you like pick up skates and, and, and a stick and want to go play hockey? I'm pretty sure that my dad got me, got me playing hockey. I was playing roller hockey when I was a toddler when like, I don't know if you know, like those like roller rinks but it's just like on blacktop and it's just like the rubber outline that's like a foot tall and all the kids are there and they're freaking inline skates um so i've been playing since like yeah i was very very young and then i played through high school i played like all roller and then i started playing ice in high school um and then something about playing my whole life and playing roller and transitioning to ice was like harder than i thought it'd be for me at least um i just like couldn't control the puck i i was used to and i thought that i thought like this the um the speed or um uh, the, the pace of the play was like way more faster than i was used to and it just kind of was like a big learning curve and then i kind of like that's probably when i kind of trickled off and the you know started to think about college and then going to school for music and then pursuing it and then one thing led to the next um but i i it was like some of my favorite memories were like playing hockey as a kid i got like tons of third place trophies it's awesome <laughs> and, um so yeah i played like i tried to go i graduated school college and i would try to go play like by myself at just the roller rink and just shoot around but like i said like yeah, it's it's tough to commit to anything like a league or to consistently go to stick time and so it just never made sense um and then now, yeah, we did this video and it get, like, gave me a reason to go buy skates. I like made it a thing and saved up. And I was like, I'm going to go buy the gear. And then I went to the local mom and pops rink where they had a, sh a small shop there and tried to support them and um, got my stuff from them. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just I hit the ice and it was like riding a bike. It's like I never left 
and it was awesome. I, and it actually felt we I don't know if I got fatter since I was younger or something, <laughs> but I felt like more in control with the puck. Everything felt less heavy. It was less intimidating. And plus it was just like with friends, it was like a fun day. And then I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. I still got it. So now I'm trying to hit stick time as much as I can, which is cool. I needed, I needed like good cardio back in my life. You know, I need, <laughs> my knees are shot and the treadmill will do it. So. Ice skating will do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it did you good. go, did you like, film the video at your like old childhood rank or did you just no. pick like, no, we couldn't afford that. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was hell South and El Segundo. <laughs> and yeah, I, ice time is not cheap as you, as you know, growing up playing hockey, but yeah. No, we got the we got the guys to skate in the video, but we'll be like, "Hey, free ice time!" <laughs> but yeah, be there at six in the morning, <laughs> they'll do it. But we did it; it was awesome, and everyone showed up, and it was great. I so, love that. So I know we talked about it a little bit before, like the like we we started the episode, but um, I know some people might definitely want to hear, like, how did how did you end up, you know, becoming a Kings fan? What was the story be- behind? you know, going into uh, just like this fandom with the Kings, especially with, you know, mm-hmm. two teams being in the in the NHL out in uh, in L.A. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just had been. So my dad would take me to I saw games at the forum in like the 90s or whenever that was. Um, and then it kind of transitioned to where we were just to the NHL. And we just were we were born. I was born and raised in L.A. My dad's from Texas and Chicago, but. Um, but we were just, we just hopped on the bandwagon really early. Mm-hmm. We, it was like our thing. Um, we just always had like jerseys and would always, we'd go to games as much as we, as much as we could. Um, we had like a lot of time together. Um, when I was like 18, 19, I, like right, right during and after college, we like lived together. And that was just like, when we just go all the time because it was like, we were like, you know, drinking with the old man and going to hockey games, but he, but he's like, He's, I think, I don't know if he still plays. I think, I think he's played until pretty recently. He's like 66 years old. <laughs> it's like, dude, he's like, y'all always, there's always a bunch awesome, of dudes that man. age. Yeah. He and he'll, yeah, I mean, he, and he loves it. He's always been such a hockey head and he's so passionate. So we like, yeah, we watched them win the cup at Staples in 2012. Nice. Yeah. Um, and that was just like the Instagram post of my life. It was like a picture of me and my dad, just like the number one. And like, we were like in two seventeen or some, something sweet like that. And, uh, that was just like the freaking best memory ever. But cause we had been going for like my, my whole life, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, to see that happen. I remember when my dad, the first time I saw my dad cry is when the avalanche won <laughs> and he was like at home. <laughs> <laughs> But like I'm I, gonna, I, I'm gonna cry like such a baby when the Islanders win the Stanley <laughs> Cup. I'm going to be so emotional. It's not even funny. Yeah, I get it. Uh, because I would, I remember that was a big moment for me because I was a young kid. I was like not young, but I was younger when that that I think Colorado whoever won that. Yeah, it was a uh, what ninety six or ninety seven, something like yeah. that. I remember asking they him swept like, the Panthers. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! That so I was like I was younger, so. I remember asking though, I was just like, why I asked him why he was crying and he explained to me why it was so important or why it meant so much that they won this thing. And then he explained how long the season was and what it's like to lose and then to come back from whatever. And then, uh, yeah, I was like, damn, well, all right, I'll probably be a Kings fan. Then that's pretty crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are. And he's still a Kings fan. I'm still a Kings fan. So my, uh, but my fiance is, uh, she's a Ducks fan. So, 
uh it's really funny so like we, we've been together for like 10 years so the first um few years of our relationship was just very rivalry and <laughs> it was great because it was like when 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 the when the kings were playing pretty well with like the triple seven lineup and then the freaking ducks like had their sweet lineup um i don't know if like i'm not, i don't even know like who they have now but it was like the, it was like the uh um god the, who who was the who was the power duo there it was getzloff and uh uh Cor, uh courtney Corey. Yeah. Corey Perry or Corey Perry and uh, yeah, they, and Votnin and God, who, who else do they have? Uh, <laughs> but it was just like, that's like when we were hardest into it was when me and her would go to games. Cause we went to the, uh, the winter classic at Dodger stadium. Nice. Ducks Kings. I think the Kings lost. I think we, I think I can't remember. Um, I feel like those games aren't televised outside of that, like local market. Yeah. Which, because I, I, I didn't even know that they, kept having those stadium series games until you know because i live in i live in charlotte north carolina and oh cool and raleigh has one this year and i was like cool. wait they still do that like I, I really didn't know that they still had the stadium series because the, yeah. the islanders had one against the rangers like 10 years ago right and i i'd never heard anything else about them after that i, so I don't know cool. if it was like an annual thing or or what i don't i it hasn't happened for a while since COVID, I, I think. Yeah, I think they were they were doing it like annually around like the All Star breakish, yeah, like sort of deal. And um, it's always really cool to see the way like it's presented. Like I think what was this last one? This last one was the Bruins and the Pens, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's always so interesting to see like the way it's presented. Um, you know, cause I mean, you think of watching every Red Sox game in the world and then all of a sudden now you're watching hockey yeah. at, at Fenway. It's just like, but that's the winter yeah. classic. I'm talking like the stadium series. It's, t- oh, oh, I, oh, I see. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even know they were different. Yeah. Yeah. I thought but they yeah. were technically part of the same like lineage. It's just this, the winter classic is like the most popular of the stadium series, but um, I don't know if they still do it like as a series anymore. I don't know if it's just the one. Um... Yeah. It was freaking awesome. Yeah, I will say the stadium series that was at Dodger Stadium was really cool because it was literally just sunny Los Angeles and there's just a sheet of ice on <laughs> in Dodger Stadium and they're they're playing. And I remember I, w- I was like, I saw pictures from it and I was just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like yeah, how they were able to keep that going. Right. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, technology, it, baby. Yeah. That was, that was awesome, man. Like, that was like, uh, I think Kiss played halftime or halftime between periods or at the end or something. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was just like, a, that was a crazy night. But yeah, we've been going to games ever since. We went back to our first Kings game this season, like a couple months ago. And I was like, sir, we got to just, let's just go to a game. Like, you know what I mean? I'm kind of like on the other side of like, working night in and night out like let's like go to a hockey game so like went to the hockey game played played the kraken got our asses kicked and i was like damn it (laughs) (laughs) i guess let's i guess we suck but uh, (laughs) but i don't know i i've been talking to some buddies about it i guess the kraken we just can't beat them or something isn't that isn't that not just like kind of hockey in a nutshell like yeah. Hockey doesn't give a fuck that like you're coming back to it after like a hiatus. Like that's <laughs> why like hockey knew that like you were like he was like, oh fucking John's coming back. We're gonna break his heart. 
Yeah. Hockey's not a dicks, man. Like they don't care. They don't care what you think. They're just like yeah. they're a bunch of they're just up there drinking Molson. Yeah. Looking down on us and just <laughs> tweaking. That's what I that's what that's the way it works. I so I I have one final question for you. Sure. Um it's a it's a it's a very important question and it's just it's been 30 days at this point since Panic of the Disco has announced the breakup. Totally. How do you like how do you feel? Like how are you able to live with the fact that there is a Panic of the Disco-less existence ahead of us? Or there's a lack of panic at a disco. There's a dearth of <laughs> panic at the disco. I just see it as there's a job that needs filling. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I love that. Yep. And that's and that's why you're you're a true businessman. Just like <laughs> let's get right in there. So I think maybe I'll also do that too. Maybe I'll just every episode will just be like, guys, it's been 44 days since Panic of the Disco. <laughs> out. Out. What are you doing? I, I love Brandon to mend yeah, this mend the situation. Brandon, so. By the, t- I, by the time I, we get to episode two hundred, we're gonna have so many gimmicks that we're not even gonna be able to like interview our guest. We're gonna be like, yeah, we've got John from Point North here. He's gonna be like, hey man, we're gonna be like, cool to talk to you. Let's do it. talk to you later. We have this <laughs> right. like this fart keychain gimmick we gotta do. Sorry, <laughs> you know, fucking why not? I feel I'll like get- it's. That literally is like an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they just start realizing how yeah, much fun they're having with the fucking sound machine. <laughs> Dennis is like losing his mind and then he hears one he liked. He's like, wait a second. Yeah. I like that one. I like that one. What was that? It's a later game. <laughs> <laughs> he <played it> again. <laughs> Incredible. Um, well, hey, I mean, I'm sure Mikey's got one final question for you. Sure. And then we can we can bid you adieu. But you know, we appreciate you being with us for you know for an yeah. hour and just shooting the shit. This you was such a good time. Uh, Mikey, what you got? Well, I'm, you know, I'm doing a little bit of math because I'm a math guy. And, you know, being 31, you kind of missed out on the the Wayne Gretzky era of the L.A. Kings. So, like, what was that like, like missing out on that? Like, was there still like just this lure of Gretzky in L.A. or once he left? It was like a a legend. It was like a mythological creature that uh, in my upbringing, it was like. It's like oh Gretzky, and I was like, I mean, I just he's just like this, whatever god of hockey that I never got to see play. And there's a yeah. statue of him and stuff. But then I was like, a, yeah, when I was like a little kid, it was like freaking Luke Robitaille, and uh, that's I mean, that's like one of the names that sticks out from when I first started watching King Games. Oh yeah, um, it was that whole era? Um, yeah, like Sean Avery. Who, who am I thinking of? Wasn't there? Did we have an Avery? I think we did at some point. Yeah, what's his name? The dude that looked like a serial killer. <laughs> I what his name was. I'm it's just Jason looking at picture of the back of jerseys. <laughs> Jason Blake, yeah. Dude, Jason, Jason Blake. Blake, yeah. That's right, dude. Um, the man yeah. was scary. I, that man was I, scary. I, I feel like it's gonna be the same when I like, you know, if I were to ask someone younger or like, you know, that grows up in 10, 20 years or whatever, it's like, oh, you don't know basketball without Kobe. You know what I yep, mean? Yep, exactly. Kind of like, yeah, like this is gonna be this immortal goat. <laughs> yep. And but there and there's new, you know, there's these new guys that are forging their own legendary. I mean, like you look at guys like um, you know, like Sid and Ovi and like you yeah. know, Patrick Kane, who are like kind of coming to the ends of their careers, but then you've got 
your McKinnons and your McDavid's and your Austin Matthews and your Mitch Marners. And like, you know, all these guys who are, you know, barely turning 22 or 23, you know, who are in the primes of their careers. And it's just like, I think that's a great thing about hockey is like every generation. I mean, I guess that's true really about every professional sport, but like, I feel like in hockey, it just has a little bit more mythos, like every generation having these, standout superstars that like are able to bring that generation to the next generation. Yeah. Cause yeah. I feel like it, it all works in that direction. Trendsetters, right? Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and even if not trendsetters, it's just like people, you know, learning what they've got to do to get on that level of greatness and then yeah. figure out what they've got to do to surpass it. So it's like, it might take you five years of your career to figure out what makes McDavid so good. And then yeah. another five years to figure out what makes you better than McDavid. And then yeah. by the time you get there, it's like you're passing that torch to another younger kid and right. you know, they're going with it. So I don't yeah, know. I just think that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's like a continuous ebb and flow. Of, like, yeah. Stardom icon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, John, man, thank you so much for chilling with us. Uh, we, we really appreciate the, um, uh, you know, the time hanging with us. Super stoked for, for safe and sound. Uh, super stoked for the video. Can't, you know, wait to, you know, watch you skating around and working on your four check and all that fun shit. And uh, I'm uh, pouring you know, all the face-offs in that video. <laughs> Hell yeah. I got I to gotta call Vigil out. 4-0, dude. <laughs> Not sir is a challenge get get your ass on here and respond so uh um uh, you know for all of us again thanks so much uh super excited for what's coming for point north and uh we'll catch you on the other side my friend you be well all right guys yeah thank you so much for having me guys this was fun you betcha man thank you for the time peace dude sure later